The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. So we'd been camping out for two weeks. Everything was totally fine on the trip. And then when we came back down into China and the 15 of us who were on the trip, we met at six o'clock at a four-star restaurant to have this huge feast to celebrate our trip ending. And by midnight, 12 of us were worshiping the porcelain gods. Sometimes it can happen that fast. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Elizabeth Yarnell is back for her third installment with us. She is a traditional naturopath with a mission to empower people like me and you suffering from MS and other autoimmune diseases to reclaim our health naturally. And since being diagnosed with MS in 1999, she has worked with hundreds of MS and other autoimmune sufferers in her U.S. clinic using unique personalized natural therapies to empower us to reclaim our health. This food sensitivity expert is back to chat with us about MS and parasites. Welcome back. Let's chat it up with Elizabeth. Thank you, Edie. Hi, nice to see you again. And um, I'm sure everybody has their pen and paper ready for all of your great ideas and tips that we can um, take with us when we leave the podcast. So talk to us about these parasites. So I, when we did our pre-conference here, I thought that we were going to be talking about, I guess, bacteria and or viruses or something else and not parasites. I had a total misunderstanding of what this is. So I'm really interested interested in hearing about how parasites can impact our lives. This is such a fascinating and overlooked topic of parasites, especially as it relates to MS and other autoimmune conditions. So parasites are super, super easy and to pick up and way more common than we maybe have been led to believe. In fact, the CDC believes that 7 out of 10 adults are carrying around a load of parasites in their body. The definition of a parasite is something that finds a host and lives off the host. If the host benefits, then it's no longer a parasite. It's a symbiotic relationship, right? Like we have, pro, we have good bacteria in our guts. That's a symbiotic relationship, not a parasitic relationship. In a parasitic relationship, only the parasite benefits. And in fact, it can cause a huge, huge detriment to the host to host a parasite. There are so, so many kinds of parasites, way more than, than we have even identified. Some of them are visible to the naked eye. Some of them are visible under our microscope. And others are so, so small that we haven't really figured out how to see them or find them. Parasites can live in your gut and your bowels. That's kind of where we often think they are, but they can also live in your liver, like liver flukes. They can live in your heart, like trichinosis. They can live in your lungs. They can live in your brain, like T. gandhi. 
It can live in your bloodstream like Chagas. They can come up through your feet like uh, Astronulides. There's all sorts of ways that you can pick up a parasite. So how do I know? that I have a parasite <laughs> living in me, feeding off of me. All I can think about right now is that movie Venom and how like he, there is a parasite in him and then they become that, I think you said symbiotic relationship between the two of them because they're using each other. But yeah, okay, going back, tell me, how do I find out about this? So unfortunately, parasite testing is notorious for false negatives. For a couple reasons. One is the very reason that I explained just a moment ago that most parasite testing is done with a stool sample. Well, that's great if your parasites live in your bowels and B, if that particular piece of poop happened to have a parasite in it, then yeah. And if you positive stool test or a positive test for parasites, you can know 100% for sure you have a bugger in you. But if you have a negative test, yeah, still 50-50 chance you got them, maybe even higher, because they're just not going to turn up in a lot of testing. There are parasites that actually, that are so anaerobic that when they're exposed to oxygen, they literally disintegrate, kind of like in the Marvel Endgame, like how it just disintegrates in the little particles. And I have seen, I have, I have clients who have pulled out their parasites and and videoed, and you can just watch it disappear. They just wow. disintegrate. So it's very, very hard to get a positive result and know for sure that you have parasites. I suggest that really, if you have a chronic health issue of any sort, it's a good idea to do a parasite protocol, an herbal parasite protocol. It doesn't do any harm. Most people tolerate it very, very well. The protocol that I have designed is a 30-day protocol. It uses four different herbs. It's tolerated, as I said, very well. The most commonly reported side effects are deeper sleep and more vivid dreams. Oh, that sounds just terrible. <laughs> Bring <laughs> <And> it on. <laughs> one of the reasons for that is that parasites are often very active at 3 a.m. So if you find that you wake at 3 a.m. often, that might be an indication that you're infected. Okay, so now if I suspect it, then I should do that protocol and that will hopefully, you know, trigger them to leave me, correct? Well, so what it does is we have to address the parasites directly. And antibiotics don't do that because they're addressing bacteria. We need to address parasites. And there are three stages of the parasite life cycle. There's the adult parasite, the larvae, which are like the teenagers, and the eggs. And some parasites lay 2,000 eggs a day. So if you don't address the eggs and you only address the adults, which if you do an antiparasitic pharmaceutical medication, that's what it will do. But it will also wipe out all the flora and fauna in your whole microbiome. So you have to start from scratch. But then you may have symptoms again in a couple months as those eggs come to adulthood. Super curious because, you know, we're all organic people, humans, right? And we all carry these kinds of things. So, okay, so now I'm going to do this protocol and it's going to rid me from this. How do I know it's not going to come back? Like you said, I need to tackle it this way, but what if I get a new one or something? Right. There's no guarantee that they're not going to come back. You may still have eggs that have hidden. It's very hard to get all the eggs. Or you may pick up a new parasite. I personally have picked up parasites at least six or seven times in my life, sometimes from foreign travel, which 
is one of the most suspicious way to pick up a parasite, right? You can be like, oh, you know what? I traveled to Thailand and I had uh, diarrhea while I was in Thailand and I've really never been the same since. So that's a very good clue that maybe you picked something up there. But you can get parasites from eating sushi. You can get them from eating undercooked pork. You can get them from having eating unwashed vegetables. Once I picked up parasites from a salad bar in Trinidad, Colorado, at a pizza hut. You can get them from walking barefoot. Some of them, as I said, come up through your feet. And right now in Texas, all in South America, there are these strong leads parasites that you can get from just walking barefoot barefoot, and they're in the U.S. too. You can get them from playing with your pet. You can get them from cleaning your cat's litter box. Where did I just see 60 million people around the world are probably infected with T. Gandhi, which is comes from cat poop. Yeah. And it goes into your brain and has little cysts in your brain. How yeah. does that impact people with autoimmune diseases? So I actually think it's the ba- foundation, the basis for tipping over into autoimmunity because those that same subset of white blood cells, those T cells that we all know about because they're implicated in MS. As I said, I don't think they're going rogue. I think they may be responding to a chronic parasitic infection. The job of the T cell is to patrol the body and look for foreign invaders. Now, normally foreign invaders in a human body are virus and bacteria. And they do a pretty good job battling viruses, a little bit less effective against bacteria, but we have antibiotics for that. But they don't have any effect at all against parasites, yet they still see them. So the T cells come around, patrol the body, and they say, oh, look, foreign invader. And they they send the signal to start the immune cascade, which is inflammation, heat and inflammation. So the heat and inflammation come and start out and the parasites shrug it off, means nothing to them. And then the T cells say, but wait, I still see the foreign invader. Let's send out the inflammatory process again, 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 again. So I really think that autoimmunity is not being allergic to ourselves We're just not looking in the right places for those triggers that are causing the T cells to start their inflammatory process. And if we are to start looking for those triggers or eliminating those triggers, then we can stop that chronic cycle of inflammation. So there's just so many things that are all tied together, right? And when you started talking about the parasites, I really thought you're just going to stick to my gut. But (laughs) apparently they're all over me. And so, (laughs) yeah, I think it's like a lot of it is about being like aware, right? And so many people that I say, I talk to are like, I have this thing going on, but I don't know what it is. And I'm just going to go to the doctor and the doctor can't figure out what's wrong and not advocating and say, I'm still not feeling well. And I need to explore another option. And it sounds to me like what you're offering um, might be that option. And I want to make sure that people know where to go if they're feeling something funky, right? And maybe it is a parasite if it if it's making sense to what the feeling is in your body. So tell us, please, how we can find this 30-day protocol piece from you. So first of all, if you're trying to get your doctor to sign off on parasites for you, you may not have any luck. There's not a lot of training about parasites in medical schools. 
And really none in the MS world are talking about parasites. And I'll ask you, Edie, and then I'll tell you my experience. How many of your MS doctors have asked you about- Never. I don't think that's ever been a conversation. Never. I've been diagnosed for 20, 22 years now. No MS doctor has ever asked me, well, how are your bowels? Okay. Because mine, <laughs> since you asked, are all <laughs> over are the place. Pals? Yeah. They're all over the place. Sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not. And it sometimes is about what I'm eating and other times I can't explain it. Yeah. And so parasites are cyclical. They're, they kind of go on a lunar cycle. And if you start to notice, you may find that there are times that you have more bowel issues during the month than other times and maybe more regularly. Sometimes it de really depends on the parasite, right? Like for 10 years, I had diarrhea first thing in the morning every day. And I was like, well, you know, it's not affecting my life. I'm at home and I'm not racing to find a toilet when I'm out and about and it never happens after that. And actually I really just honestly looked at it as a really good weight maintenance. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is gonna keep my weight down because it was in my twenties. And then it was, it wasn't until 1998 when my fiance and I had gone on a two week horseback trip across the Eastern Tibetan plateau. So we'd been camping out for two weeks with horses, but everything was totally fine on the trip. And then when we came back down into China and the 15 of us who were on the trip, we met at six o'clock at a four star restaurant to have this huge feast to celebrate our trip ending. And by midnight, 12 of us were worshiping the porcelain gods. It happened. Sometimes it can happen that fast. So it might be something that you're like, oh, I got food poisoning or I got a 24-hour stomach bug or 24-hour flu or something like that. That could actually be the acute moment of infestation for you. And then you settle into a chronic phase. So when I came back to Colorado after that trip and I was still having diarrhea at that point, pretty massive diarrhea. Still, I submitted a stool sample and it made its way over to the CDC who actually picked up the phone and called me wow. the CDC on the phone. I'm like, are you kidding? And they said, where have you been? We identified five parasites in your stool. Wow. wow. Those are just the ones they identified. And they derived it from the horse, the horses or? No, really. I don't think it had anything to do with the horses. We were all fine on the trip. Wow. It was something we ate at the restaurant. I see. And again, I it was see. a four-star beautiful restaurant. So you would never you suspect. You can pick it anywhere. Wow. Because I wasn't thinking that. I thought it was from the animals. And gosh, Tibet, that's amazing. So you are a traveler? I am. I, that is something that is super important to me in my life. I love that. I love that. Where to next? You know, I'm not sure. I speak a number of languages. And my last trip, just earlier this year, I went to Ecuador, which was fabulous. I had never been there before. So I, I don't know where my next trip is going to be. Wow. Well, we'll have to follow you and find out, right? Because that's pretty exciting. <laughs> I love to see these new places because it gives me ideas on where I want to go next. So I love that. Thank you so and much. And in Ecuador, I did not pick up any parasites. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. It was it was parasite-free trip. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, because we don't need those in our lives. I don't need diarrhea constantly. That would be no. terrible. But so fatigue, right? Anything that, that you relate to, T-cell activity, chronic inflammation, 
can be parasitic. Yeah. Yeah. So I found out so many new things today listening to you in this story about these parasites. I had no idea. So do I need to be, I just need to be cognizant, right? If something's going on in my body and be aware that are there certain specific things that have parasites that I should maybe stay away from? Well, you can get them from swimming in lakes and rivers, but even public pools and water parks, even heavily chlorinated places can still harbor giardia and other parasites. So really the key I think is, is if you cannot get a handle on your health, that is one of the big clues. You've done everything you can, nothing is working, you're still going downhill, you're not you're not resolving these issues and, and getting past them, whatever that may be. And it might be MS flare-ups, or it could be migraine headaches, it could be insomnia, it could be anything. Wow. Wow. All right. So people get in tune with your body, feel everything and write everything down, track how you're feeling because you never know, it might be a little bug called a parasite inside you. <laughs> so <laughs> Elizabeth Yarnell, can you tell us where to find you? The best place to always find me is at my website, elizabethyarnell.com. And if you're interested in the Parasite Protocol, just shoot me an email from there and I can hook you up with it. It is something that is very easy. It, again, it's a month-long phase. And then in addition to that Parasite Protocol, you also get a complimentary visit with me, session with me over Zoom. So I ship anywhere in North America, sometimes overseas. It depends. Sometimes I have problems shipping herbs overseas just because of postal regulations. But and if you're in the U.S. or anywhere in North America, not a problem at all. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for this trilogy of inspiration and information that we can take back and really impact our lives. I appreciate you very, very much. Everybody, so if you enjoyed the episode, you should share it with others because who doesn't need to know this? Everyone does, not just us people with autoimmune diseases. This could impact anyone in your lives. So um, until next time, everybody, keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.